Welcome to Words That Ordain, podcast, Acts chapter 4. Can you imagine being arrested for living holy? Arrested and placed in jail for speaking the truth. Can you imagine healing a lame man and being thrown in jail because you healed him? Can you imagine being thrown in jail for preaching about Jesus Christ and the resurrection from the dead? These are all issues that Peter and John encountered as they began to deal with the people and to preach Jesus. In chapter 4, as it begins, we find that they're talking to the people, and the church leaders were very envious, jealous of Peter and John because there were a great number of people that were there listening Signs and wonders were happening. Miracles were happening. And yet, the church leaders were upset about it. They were so upset that they actually laid hands on them and placed them in a hold and made them stay overnight. But that did not hinder the word of God. The people heard the words that Peter and John spake. And there are about 5,000 men that believed in Jesus. How many people have gotten saved? How many signs and wonders? How many miracles? How many people have been delivered? We as the people of God, we do an awful lot of talking. But where's the fruit of it for the glory of God? Where's our ability to stand in the midst of the storms of the accusations at the lies and the deception and the plans against us. When someone doesn't speak to us, we get upset. Someone sits on our row or in our seat. We have a fit. We in the church are very emotional people. We whine and we cry because things don't go our way. Or the preacher preached about our problem and now we're upset. When are we going to recognize that God is calling for us to be a witness to Jesus Christ and not to plead our own case as we boo-hoo and cry and complain about the woes of life. Peter and John show us how to manage life through the power of God. They were thrown in prison for preaching the gospel and 5,000 believers hearing and believing the word of God. I hope we can begin to change our focus as we begin to live lives that demonstrate Jesus. Have the power of God residing in our lives so that things begin to happen through the power of God for the glory of God. This is our call. We find that Peter and John had identity in God. They knew who they were. They knew their purpose. They knew they had a goal, and that goal was to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, too, have got to come up with some goals, some guidelines to govern our lives so that we, too, are found, as Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of my Father and to complete the work, finish the work. When you're working, you don't have time to be all emotional because you got a job to do. You have a task to do. If we're not focused and we allow our emotions to carry us away, we're not completing or functioning in the plan of God. 
So we've got to tighten things up and begin to allow God to stand within us and that we must die to our emotions and to our will that God's will might be accomplished in our lives. The scripture tells us that many believed, about 5,000 men believed because of the actions of Paul and of John, because of Peter and John. What will your actions, our actions, produce? Will it produce others to get saved? Or will it cause others to run away from God because we live such shabby lives? So as we consider Peter and John as they're in jail, and the details of the hearing are such that there were no charges. They were asked, how did you perform the miracles? Which, of course, was a leading question. Peter avoided that trap because he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Because the scripture tells us we have an unction from God whereby we know all things. Some questions don't need to be answered. Peter began to remind them, not of how much he was inconvenienced, but he began to remind them that it was in the name of Jesus of Nazareth whom you crucified, and God raised him from the dead. Peter also declares that Jesus is the only source of salvation. The character of Peter and John is very clear in verse 13. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. When people begin to look at us, do they perceive that we've been with Jesus or that we've been with the devil? It's something to consider. Often we have these grandiose ideas of who we are. We think so highly of ourselves, but thinking highly of ourselves does not equate to living holy or righteous. The people looked at them, even their accusers, and said that they have been with Jesus. Also, the man that was healed was standing with them. So they really couldn't say anything bad about them because the proof was standing right there with them that the power of God heals. And what can you say? We're mad at you because you healed this lame man that was sitting at the gate all his life and now he can walk. Now this council was not finished with Peter and John. In verse 18, they commanded them not to speak nor to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John, again, their character shined as they believed in Jesus the Christ, as they believed in the power of the Holy Ghost, as they believed in the promises of God. The character rose to new heights. Verse 20 says, For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And as we begin to look at Peter and John's life, I hope that we too begin to proclaim what we have seen and heard. First of all, I hope we've had some type of experience with Jesus to the place that we can testify or share what we have seen and heard. That means we have to be an eyewitness to the action. And we don't want a story. Stories are, are great. But I want an eyewitness to what God has done in your life. I want you to tell me what God has done for you. 
That's what a true witness is. Someone that can tell firsthand of the saving grace, saving power of Jesus. That can tell firsthand of his healing power. His power to deliver us, to make us act right, to make us talk right, to change our countenance because our hearts have gone through a heart change. That's what preaching really is. I know often we denote preaching as bringing a text, but preaching, according to Acts, is sharing you have seen and what you have heard, firsthand accounts of experiences that you've had with God, with Jesus, or with the Holy Ghost. People hear it, and if they believe it, they receive Jesus. That's what we need to focus upon. As Peter and John were released, and the lame man, well, he's not lame anymore, but as they were released, they went and shared what the chief priests and the elders had said. They recognized that God was still in control. They didn't fall out and cry because they had been punished for the gospel's sake. You know how we badmouth one another for doing us wrong, and then we get to talking all big like we're going to do something about it. But no, they gave God the glory because they knew that God is in control. And they praised him and began to give thanks to him. And they were with one accord and recognized that God had made the heavens and the earth, the seas and all that in them is. Again, they're praising God for his wisdom. And it's time for us to begin to place our lives into the hand of God to where no matter what the situation that we are in, that we can begin to praise God for being in control. For if I trust that God is in control, then I can easily obey knowing that God is in control and that whatever happens, it is under his authority. Others have said, if I perish, I perish because I'm going to see the king. And oftentimes we say those words, but we're not prepared to go anywhere. But now is our time for preparation. Now is our time for standing. Now is the time that we begin to understand that God is in control. This thought is carried on even further. For God permitted in verses 28 and 29 the unholy alliance of Herod, Pilate, the Gentiles, and even the unbelieving Jews to gather against Jesus to do as they saw fit. And as you begin to look at the scripture, we can begin to see how important it is for us to place our trust in God. For God knows he knows our beginning, our middle, and our end. He knows all about it. He knows our thoughts even before we think them. He knows everything. Verse 30, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, that signs and wonders may be done in thy holy child Jesus. John understood where the power came from. And as we begin to put our trust in God, we have to rely upon his power so much greater than ours. And the apostles begin to pray, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. We've got to begin to stand in the power of God. Peter and John, in the relationship with Christ, we see oneness. Often we believe we have oneness with Christ, but the manifestation of sinful nature in us results in thoughts and deeds 
which will not enjoy the blessings of fellowship with Christ. And if we have troubles doing that, we have troubles when it comes to oneness with other believers. It is even difficult to deal with those of our own nationality, of our own race, of our own denominations, of our own general interest. Often it is difficult to have fellowship with our own church members. Why? Because of the sinful nature that abides in us that we refuse to acknowledge and deal according to the scripture through repentance. Or when men abuse you with contemptuous language, when men spit upon you, curse you, ridicule you, ignore you, when it's for the gospel's sake, there is a fellowship in suffering with Christ. In verse 34, Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Scripture says, had need, not had want. And so we see that this can be achieved not only with the Godhead, but also with our fellow believers. But again, we have to deal with our sinful nature, that we, we become one with God, one with Jesus, one with the Holy Ghost, that they might have the preeminence or have the dominion in our lives, that we submit ourselves to the Word of God, that it might become a part of our flesh. As the Word becomes a part of our flesh, then people will see we have been with Jesus.